I usually preach like a fireball, but today I decided I, I need to kind of chill out for a minute. So if you feel like you're falling asleep, pinch yourself. All right. But um, I, I, I just felt like um, as I got into this last part of Genesis 1 and 2, I, it's kind of a different focus. But I, but I felt like we really, really, really needed, especially in this time of chaos and crazy. And, and this, is, this is such an important focus. Um, I'll get there. Um, the last few weeks, and if, if you've been here, we've been talking about Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, all right? Now, let me remind you why... And I've done this like 10 times since I've been here. Genesis 1 and 2 communicate who God created us to be. All right? How God created us to live. And why it's so important is, is because if you don't understand who God created you to be and how God created you to live, then you really don't understand what salvation and the work that God is doing in your life is really all about because what is your target if, well, I'm saved, but so what? Well, God saves you to restore you to his original creative intent, okay? And this is so important. It really is because so many people are saved, but they have no idea so, so where do I go from here? What's this all about? What, what's this for? You know, and, and, and in the last weeks we've, we've studied, and I just want to remind you, um, because next week I'm just going to do about 45 minutes of thanksgiving of what God has done in your church and your school and your pastor's life and different people's lives during COVID. Okay, and I'm not saying that people that struggle are bad. I'm just saying, I wanna remind you, God is even bigger than COVID. <laughs> God is even bigger than the election. I know it's hard to believe, but, but he really is. But I want to remind you in Genesis chapter one, verse 26 if you want to talk about something, you really want to study something, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it's not our focus verse, but it talks about the fact that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit created us in their own image. I mean, we could sit and talk the rest of our lives about just that verse. And I'm serious as a heart attack. It, it, you know, and a heart attack's pretty serious. You know, we, we could talk about that verse and being restored back to that and understand every person I know is looking for happiness and peace and joy. If you want happiness, peace, and joy, get into God's word, get on your knees and allow God to restore you to that image. All right, I don't have time to get into all that. You know, if you weren't here, go back, listen to it. But 
hear what I'm saying. This is important stuff. And then we, the next week, we talked about the fact that in God's image, you weren't created to be dominated by anyone but God. There should be nothing in your life or your world that absolutely overtakes and overcomes you but God. See, there's a lot of folks that call themselves Christians and they are getting themselves whooped by everything and everyone that comes along. I know COVID is real. I don't have a problem with that. People are dying from it. Most of them are dying because they, they had other stuff. But the bottom line is they're dying from it. But COVID doesn't have to rule and dominate your mind and your heart in fear, man. You know, and I, 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 get, I have people get mad at me for saying that. Well, you don't understand. You're a different dude. Yeah. I'm a man full of God's Holy Spirit, and I won't let anyone or anything dominate me but God and his love and his grace and his glory. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, get into the book and figure it out. He will show you. He will show you. Then we talk, then we, we moved on and, and we talked, well, let me, I don't want to skip this one. The very last verse of chapter one. I, I just want everybody to just look at that real quick if you got it open. The very, you know, it, it, all of, of the other creation in the, all the other days of creation in the world, God said it was good. You know what he said about you? You are very good. I'll say it again because y'all missed it. You are very good. I want you to hear that. I want you to understand it really has something to do with what we're talking about today because sin and hell and Satan and the world and the craziness and the chaos and the weakness of the church has really allowed people to just get the stew beat out of them. You know, most, most people are walking around and even if they call themselves Christians, they don't feel real good about themselves. They don't feel real good about their lives. They don't feel real good about their home. They don't feel good about themselves professionally or any other way because we've just been beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. And I want you to get this. The reason you were saved because God wants to restore you to very good. And that's just not religious hype. That's reality. He wants you when you get up in the morning to look in the mirror and go, very good. Sometimes I just go perfection. <laughs> you know, I mean, I ain't got much to do because I got no hair to comb. So, you know, but the bottom line is, I want you to get that. I'll keep reminding you of that. You're awesome. You're powerful in Christ. You're, you know, I know there's a bunch of junk and you're dealing with a bunch of junk and everybody's got temptation and everybody's got a pass. Everybody's got trials, but we're gonna talk about that in a minute, okay? Then we talked about the fact that God took some dirt, okay? And I know nobody likes to think of themselves as dirt, but the reality is he took some dirt and he took some clay and he molded it and he made you. And you are perfect the way you are, whether you look like the Kardashians or not. Yeah. 
See, it's only Satan that could somehow get us to the point where we feel like there's something wrong with us because we don't have this certain body type because we don't have this certain hair, because we don't have this certain profession. We don't have this certain intellectual prowess. We don't have this certain uh, amount of money in our bank. No, are you listening to me? God Almighty created you. Perfect God Almighty created you. Just because you don't look like Barbie and Ken doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you because Barbie and Ken ain't real. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. You know, I mean, it's just not real. And you gotta get to the point where you go, you know what? It's good. God created who, me who I am and it's very good Amen. and it's okay. Amen? This is such an important understanding because there are too many people that feel so poorly about themselves and they love Jesus and Jesus loves them, but they've been swayed by the junk of this world into just, oh my goodness, I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm down, I, I have, I'm unworthy. Chill. He took that molded clay and he breathed into that molded clay the breath of eternal life. Is everybody listening? Is everybody still awake? See, y'all can fake me behind them masks now. Some of you, some of you ain't good at it. You just, or I love this one. I know what time it is. But he breathed into us the breath of life and we became a living soul. In that, he gave us the ability and the power and the wisdom and the vision and the prowess and the gifting to cultivate the world, the home, the work, wherever we are, to cultivate that, begin to restore that back into his original creative intent. Now, that's another one we could spend the rest of my life talking about. But you know what, guys? That's what we should be about, not sitting around sucking our thumbs, feeling sorry for ourselves because we don't look like Brad Pitt. Linda got a kick out of that. Or we don't have this, or we don't have Trump money, or we don't, you know, whatever. Understand. That's got nothing to do with the price of tea in China. Nothing. And then we come up and, and God wants to find a partner for Adam. And <laughs> he, he brought all, can you imagine this? He brought all the animals to, to Adam. Said, how about one of these? And Adam was like, mm, nah but he did name them, right? Could you imagine? What's this? It's a fly. Where, where'd they get the name fly? You know, ant, you know, bear. No one kind of get that one. And God took one of his ribs, put him to sleep, took one of his ribs and made for him 
a soulmate, a partner, um, the person he, you know, he made that and looked at him and we wonder where the word woman, he, I think he looked at that and went, whoa, man, you know, and that's where we get woman. Huh? Don't you agree? Somebody say amen. amen. It's not biblical, but hey, it's all right. God will probably talk to me before I get in. But the last verse of chapter two is what I want to focus on. And I want to start out by saying the sad part to me, am I supposed to do something here, girls? There we go. Oh, no, I'll go back. Is we read this verse and we have been so stained and tainted that when we read this verse, we almost immediately think of something sinful. We immediately was naked. You have to understand, this was before pornea, pornography, rancid, selfish sex. Okay? The man and the woman, the man and his wife, were both naked. And I love this next part. And they weren't ashamed. And it wasn't because they were good looking and they looked like Brad Pitt and Kim Kardashian. That's not why they were unashamed, okay? They were unashamed because there was nothing, nothing between them and God. Amen. Now remember, the first two chapters of Genesis are about what? What God in his salvation wants to restore us to. And I want to call you this morning to naked and unashamed. Now, I know somebody's going to walk out of here and go out of here and say, my preacher told me to get naked. That's not what I said. <laughs> That's not what I said. You know how people, you know, be blowing up on social media. We'll have a thousand people here next week. <laughs> but here's what I want you to envision. It is God's will to restore you and me to the pride and the awesome innocence of naked and unashamed. Amen. Oh, Pastor, what do you mean by naked? What I mean is, is no need for any kind of props or any kind of covering because there's nothing to hide. How about that? How about a life 
where we can stand before God. We can stand before our spouse. We can stand before our kids. We can stand before anybody and know there's nothing to hide. There's no need for covering. There's no need for props. There's no need for any of this junk that the world tells us we need. There's none of that because you know what? I'm naked and unashamed. God has done such an awesome work in my life that there is nothing in my world that I need to cover up. There is nothing in my world that I need to hide. Because of what Jesus did on the cross and what Jesus did in his resurrection and what Jesus provides me through his Holy Spirit, I have no need to worry about anybody finding out anything because everything is right between me and God. Amen. Now, let me remind you, just parenthetically, one of these days, you are going to stand before God naked. No props, no excuses. Nothing, just you and God. The question is, are you going to be able to stand before him with joy in your heart and a smile on your face, unashamed, blameless, covered, forgiven? Or are you going to have to stand before him and go, oh no, I hope I can talk my way out of this. Let me help you with something. You're not. You're not. You know? But I want you to understand that the whole point of this sermon is to help you to understand that the reason for the cross and the reason for the resurrection is so that you can personally stand before God today. Absolutely naked. No fear, no shame, because there is nothing in your life that you need to fear. There is nothing that you need to fear that somehow it's going to be disclosed or brought out into the light because of what Jesus did. Now, let me help you with something. I don't know the person that doesn't have any temptation. I'll say it again. I don't know the person that doesn't have any temptation. I don't know the person that lives, I'm not even sure what this word means, but let's use it perfectly every day. I, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I grew up with some that thought they did and cuckoo, but um, I want, you to, I want you to get that. I want you to understand. I know that the world that you and I live in is absolutely chaotic and cancerous and out of control, okay? And it impacts our lives. 
Amen? Amen. But here's what God wants to say to us this morning. In the middle of all of that, I absolutely want to put an eternal, and this is not a good way to put it, but an, an eternal bubble around you that you can know that it's okay in the middle of the temptation, in the middle of the struggles, in the middle of the stuff that you're battling with, in the middle of the past and all the stuff there, in the middle of all that, it's okay. You're in the arms and the hands of almighty loving God who died for you even when you were yet a sinner. (coughs) Excuse me. And you can be okay. You today, this morning, can stand before God knowing that I am naked and I am unashamed. I don't need props. I don't need excuses because I am in the love and grace and glory of Jesus the Christ. Are you there? Are you there? I thought about when I was trying to envision this sermon, I just thought it was kind of stupid, so I won't say it, but I thought about saying in the middle of all this, you remember that old commercial? Calgon, take me away. Anybody? Huh? Sometimes I think we just need to get up in the morning. And if you start doing this in the morning, you will want to do it at noon and you will want to do it at night. Just kind of going, God, just kind of take me out of all this for a minute. Let me know that in the midst of all this, I'm okay. Let me know that in the midst of the battle, I'm okay. I'm in you. You've got me. You've covered me. You've loved me. You've forgiven me. I have nothing to worry about because I've placed it all in your hands and you will do whatever is necessary in my mind, in my heart, my soul, and my body to live with you eternally. Are you with me? Let's let's just read a little more scripture, okay? Therefore, brethren, And sistren, since we have confidence, I like that word, don't you? Anybody else like that word? Anybody else struggle with that word sometimes? We have confidence to enter the holy place. Now, let me explain the holy place. Every year, what we called the high priest back in Jewish days, Uh, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies. Now he needed to be purified uh, before he went in. And (laughs) if you remember the story, and it's a funny story, they would actually tie a rope to his foot because if he wasn't purified and he wasn't right, he died. And I think the reason they tied the rope to his foot was because They didn't want him to lay in there and stink. What are you going to do? You know, how are you going to pull him out? So, you know.
you and I can have confidence every day. Are you listening? And every moment to enter into that holy place where the glory and love and grace and blood and everything we could ever need is, we can have confidence to enter that because we're such wonderful, precious people. No. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only hope we got, kids. Because I don't know about you, but I know me. I'm never going to deserve heaven. Somebody say amen. It's, we're just not. You know, I, I know people say, oh, well, I don't think I'm worthy. No, you're not. Thanks, pastor. Well, that's, that's reality. You know, but the reality is, is what Jesus already did makes you worthy to enter into the very holy of holies of God to where he actually resides and everything you need to know that you can stand naked and unashamed, you can find right there. Amen. Oh, but pastor, sometimes I feel dirty. Well, go back in. Oh, but pastor, I do some dumb things, some sinful things sometimes. Go back in. Who's telling you there's a limited amount of times you can go back in that place? Somebody say amen, please. Amen. You know? By a new and living way, which Jesus Christ inaugurated while he was on the cross, inaugurated for us, through the veil. See, there was a veil between us and the holy place, us and all that grace, us and all that power, us and all that healing. And Jesus Christ split that sucker right down the middle. Amen? You know? That veil that is his flesh. And since we have this great priest, high priest over the house of God, let us draw, are you listening? Because this, this is better than the Super Bowl. Amen? This is better than the Super Bowl. I ain't watching it this year, but this is better than the Super Bowl. Okay? Let us draw near with a sincere heart. I love this next part. In full assurance of faith. Now understand, it doesn't say parenthetically there because you've done all things perfect today. In fact, don't tell anybody I said this, but I think God already knows we're knuckleheads. And if that hurts your feelings, we got other things to talk about. But the reality is, I want you to get this. God already knows who we are. God already knows our temptations. God already knows where we're winning. God already knows where we're losing. But he still died for us. And he's there for us each and every day, 24-7, 365. Why stand on the outside and be naked and ashamed when you can stand on the inside and be naked and unashamed? I got all wound up, didn't I? I'm sorry. I was going to be cool today. Having our hearts sprinkled clean 
from an evil, evil conscience. I'm going to read that again. I want to make sure every one of us heard that because every one of us struggle with that. Because even though God doesn't remember our sin, guess who does? Satan and us. But you see, God wants to sprinkle us with his blood so that we can have full assurance that we don't have to sit around and worry about that because we're under the blood of Jesus Christ. And instead of seeing our nasty sin, God sees his son's blood. Amen. Amen. Have our insides cleansed of a, from an evil conscience and our outsides, outside, our bodies washed with pure water. Wake up. Are you there? If not, why not? What's holding you back? What's keeping you from it? Why would you stand on the outside of the greatest gift in the world and say, I'm not worthy. I don't belong there. And he's saying, but kids, I already made provision for that. I already did everything that was necessary for that. All right, y'all quit concentrating on this. I shouldn't have picked it up. Listen, today, right now, you have the right and the ability and the opportunity to step in. You say, but pastor, I, I got all this stuff happening in my life. Why do you think he came in the flesh? Why do you think he came down and dealt with the same stuff? Because he wanted us to know, I really do understand where you are. I really do understand your struggles. I really do understand the battles in your life. I really do, and I love you right in the middle of them. Amen? Take this out. Did you tell the kids? All right. Let's just wait a second. The kids are coming. So pastor, are you trying to tell me that even though I don't have 25 years of perfect Sunday school pins on my lapel of my suit, I can still step in this morning? Absolutely. Right now. Why stand outside when you can step in and you can have confidence? Are you listening to me? in the fact 
that no matter what's going on in your world, in your flesh, in your body, in your struggles, in your marriage, in your home, at your job, no matter what's going on in this crazy world, in this crazy country, I can stand before God in the middle of everything and know that even though I'm standing naked before him, I can stand with confidence and I can be unashamed. And all God's people said, hallelujah. Anybody else hear that or just me? Just me? Okay. (laughs) I thought so. But this is where we are. Folks, no matter what, no matter what's happened, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what the battle might be right now, even if you lose today, there's still the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying you want to lose because the bottom line is if you get it right, you don't want to lose. But you can be covered by his blood that takes away all sin, washes away all sin, inwardly and outwardly. I'll say it again, y'all missed it. Inwardly and outwardly. You can be forgiven. I want you to hear this. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says that if I confess my sin to God, I mean, that's all I got to do is tell him about it like he doesn't already know. Confess it. He is faithful and just. In other words, he will immediately, because of his love and faithfulness to us, forgive you of that sin. Throw that sin as far as the east is from the west to the bottom of the ocean. Okay, here's the coolest part. You don't want to miss this one. And he will never, ever, ever bring it up again. Never, never. We'll remember it. People will remember it. Satan will remember it. But we got to remind ourselves he won't. I don't know how he pulls that off, but he does. And because of that, we can be unashamed. Because everything's covered. Everything's dealt with. Everything I needed to happen has already happened. Amen? Amen. Is everybody with me? And they took the cup and they drank it in remembrance of him. (sighs) Father, this morning... We want to praise you. We want to praise you because no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter where we are, no matter where we will ever be, you still love us. Even the worst sinner in the world, you died for them. every one of our sins. 
Even if we flunk the test today or tomorrow, you still died for that sin. You'll still forgive that sin. You'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because Lord, we want to be able to every day to know that we can stand naked, absolutely free, fearless, because of what you did on the cross. We can be naked and absolutely unashamed. Bless your holy name. Lord, help us to walk unashamed. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Go walk unashamed.